Hey guys, it's Brant, and I'm back with another The Panel Has Spoken video. And I've got my good buddy, Rick. He's over here. I've got my good buddy, Rick, along with me from It's All For You Demon. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey man, it's uh, so we're in the solo albums now. And uh, it's hard to believe that we've come so far in such a short amount of time. And I had people asking me from the very beginning, were we going to skip over the solo albums? And I said, <laughs> of course not. Because they are the Kiss albums, and yep. that's what they were dubbed was the Kiss albums, and uh, so, and this is such a huge part of of people who are my age that grew up. If you were are my age and you were exposed to Kiss in the seventies, seventy eight and seventy nine, the solo albums, the the Alive Two, Double Platinum solo albums, Dynasty area era mm. is huge. It's a huge part of who you are as far as your KISS fandom goes. Mm -hmm. And so much stuff that happened during this time. And these solo albums was the thing. No band had never done it before or ever done it since. There are released solo albums that was a unified project that were all released on the same day. And some of the images behind me you see on the solo albums I've got out are just their images that's burned into my brain. They're images that are immortalized forever on KISS memorabilia during that time. And even to this day, you still see these images put on things. And uh, it's just, this is a great, great era. And I'm really excited about the panels that we're going to be doing for the solo albums. And I did a little poll, and I decided after I looking at the poll results that I wanted to start with Gene. So, um, of course, I know that you are a huge Gene fan, mm -hmm. and this album has a big uh, place for you. So, uh, before we get into the meat of talking about the songs and everything and introducing the panel, I want to hear a little bit about your uh, thoughts and this out about this album. Yeah, um, this was the cassette tape my friend Danny had when... He introduced me to the band. It was this cassette tape and a VHS of Phantom of the Park. And I just, I loved staring at the cover. And I just loved the songs. The the laugh at the beginning of Radioactive, that hook in Radioactive, just the beauty of Mr. Make Believe, everything about this record kind of moved me when I was 15 and Gene is the Rod Serling of Kiss. He's he's the dreamer. He's the the guy that made fanzines when he was a kid and you know became the vampire, became the demon. He's kind of the Boris Karloff of Kiss and this album is just so near and dear to my heart. I know a lot of a lot of people just want to bury this record, but, and I'll touch on this later, but I think me coming into this record knowing or learning about Gene through magazines and interviews and, and learning his like comic book background, I, I had a different view of this record. And this record is very comic booky. It's very, you know, kind of starts off horror, ends with a Walt Disney song. So to me, it's it's total gene, it's total ex escapism, and I just love it. It's very much in my DNA. All right, um, yeah, this album to me, I remember getting this album. I got all four solo albums on the same day when they came out, and of course, Peter's was the first I listened to, and then I listened to Aces, mm -hmm. and because Peter was my favorite uh, member at the time. Ace was my sister's favorite member at the time. And then I listened to Paul's. Uh, and I remember Gene's was the one that I actually got around to last. And I remember the first time I listened to Gene's album, there were songs on it that I liked, and there were songs on it that I just didn't get, but I was eight. Mm. Uh, and so it took Gene, it took a while for Gene's album to kind of grow on me. And me and you were talking off camera just before we started recording. I reviewed this album uh, with my son uh, a year and a half ago. 
you can see that in my Kiss Reviews playlist. I reviewed all four of the solo albums already. And uh, I had to do some driving uh, for work a few days ago, making my list. And, the, and the, di the drive was long enough for me to listen to the album in its entirety from front to back. And mm. while it was going, I was kind of making my list and shuffling things around with an app I had on my phone. And I shuffled and changed that list from the trip there all the way back. And and then when I and then the next day I listened to it and I made a couple more minor tweaks and I went and looked at what I did in the a year and a half ago in the review video, and there was a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. But I think that the way that I really feel about the songs, if I'm really honest with myself, the way I feel about the songs now is how I really feel about them. Uh, mm -hmm. And Gene, you were talking about Gene being the dreamer. Uh, Gene was very inspired by horror and that shows in this album he was very mm -hmm. much inspired by the beatles and americana well british i mean he is inspired by three things he is inspired by horror americana and the beatles and all mm -hmm. three kind of show in this album and gene is a very multifaceted person he's kind of a if there is a nerd or a fuddy-duddy or an old woman in kiss it's gene simmons mm -hmm. it's not ace it's not paul it's not peter it's gene if there's a person that's going to sit at home on a Saturday night and eat a bowl of cereal and put ice cubes in it, <laughs> it's Gene Simmons. Yeah. Um, and, and that is one of the things I love about him is because that demon is who he is, but it is also very much a character that he plays. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And you see the character and you see Gene Simmons, who mm -hmm. the Gene Simmons. You see the, both of the man on this, on this album. He has a song on here called Man of a Thousand Faces. I think that's a perfect Gene song. Yep. I think if this if these albums had not been standardized and they could have put out four solo albums where they were totally individualistic, even in the packaging and the titles and stuff, mm -hmm. I think Gene's would have been should have been named either Mr. Make Believe or Man of a Thousand Faces because yep. those two songs are who Gene is and you stir in when you wish upon a star. That those three songs are who Gene is at his core, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I remember I didn't get this album at the very first. We have a lot of panelists that I'll mention a little bit that said the same thing. We had a lot of panelists that really like you and myself enjoyed the beginning of Radioactive and had some fun with it. Uh, I did myself. I have my own story, and uh, and a, kid, a member of the panel has their story as well. Um, and before I get into the panel, before we get into the album, I just want to say, uh, take the time, if you're watching this, take the time to go on my social media, go on my Facebook, go on my Twitter, go on my Instagram, and find these posts where I ask people to put in their list, because most people usually tell stories, share memories, and some of these stories, they're just too many and too long to mention every one of them and even tell mm. every little story. But some of these stories are amazing stories that really, you you really get sucked a little bit more into that Kiss community fandom when you see that people that you've never met before that don't maybe not even live in the same country as you do mm -hmm. have the same feelings and done some of the same things or thought some of the th same things that you did. And that's what makes these panel videos so great is that sense of community. Uh, that it that it kind of brings out. Oh, totally. So, um, so first off, uh, want to talk, and we're going to talk more about the album as we go through our, our memories and stuff like that. We'll share that as we go through. Uh, the panel this time was fifty five members, which I think is really great because we had we had a lot for I think it was sixty or over sixty for Love Gun, and I really thought when we hit the solo albums, especially when we hit maybe Jeans, who's not as critically acclaimed uh, and, and it's accepted by the KISS community as some of the solo albums are. I really thought that the panel viewership, what the panel membership on this one would drop. And it really mm -hmm. didn't. Uh, 55 is still very, very strong. Mm -hmm. It's a very high number. Um, so I'm going to go through really quick and talk about who the panel members are, who we have today and where they're from. And then we will get into talking about uh, our, um, we'll talk about the songs. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so of course you have in the panel with me and Rick. And uh, every time I say partners in crime now, I always think of that song that I really huh. can't stand off of Killers. But uh, that needs to, I think that I need to start incorporating that in somewhere uh, <laughs> when it's me and you. Uh, in my head, and it's all for you, Demon. And then from Facebook, Jeremy Carmona and Matt Yuchi. Uh, Instagram is AJZetro1975 and Dylan Tucker. Twitter is Tom Dust, Kimshi Chris. Kimshi Chris has a great YouTube channel. You mm -hmm. need to look him up. Aladio, Paul Teplius, Rock Rock Wayne, Vincent Marone, author, Jack Skellington, Tony Rod, Dave Cranston, Gregory Pegg, Shuchi, Brian P., Bill Sharp. And from YouTube, we have John B. Good, Emily Graziano, Les Wadley, Trevor Bullock, John Howard, Nina Kay, Matthew Smith. Matthew Smith, has he's a, he was a previous uh, guest. He has great comics. You need to go back and find that video and check his comics out. Uh, Dark Light, Greek Freak, Young and Wasted, Super Kiss 1200, Orville Dunworth, Chad Casey, Jay Lee, Frank Scafidi, Subline 130, Perpetual Art, Anthony C., Joel Pegg, Soda Pot, Michael D., George Doley, John O., Tom S., Man With No Name, Two Gay Dads, who also has an amazing uh, YouTube channel. I've been watching their uh, cereal reviews that they've been doing mm. lately. Uh, they do a lot of food-type reviews, and they've got a really awesome channel. Uh, Mick C., Kiss Crazy 80, Lee Gerstman, uh, Sammy Pardo, Indy Colt 777, Jay Reed, Jason Gagnon, Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, that Toy Pony guy, and then from Patreon, we have BizBag68. So, um, talking about some stories from some of the people, uh, mentioning uh, BizBag, uh, she's a Patreon subscriber, and uh, she was telling me that this is the very first time that she'd ever really listened to Gene's album. And she listened to it, and then she sent me a message saying, wow, that was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and we had some people, they commented that they had not listened to this album in decades. And that's the cool thing I like about the panel, too, that it makes people dive back into yep. albums that they might have not listened to in a while. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your taste change, just like in tasting food changes or tasting as you grow older, your taste in things change. So you go back and listen to a song that you may have wrote off in the very beginning and it speaks to you because of something you've experienced in your life uh, as you've gotten older. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I feel the the same with your um, box set reviews. I love the doing. I love doing my box set reviews. I've got another one coming out really soon um, that I think you're really going to like. Uh, John B. Good said he told the story of his older brother scaring him, and me and John share a very similar story. He said his brother would scare him by he'd turn off all the lights, he would play the beginning of Radioactive, he'd hold a flashlight up on the album of Gene's face and move it around. And I used to take the, uh, I, I had it on cassette, and I would take my cassette boombox over to my neighbor's house, Scott Rock, who's been in videos with me, and I would put the boombox outside of his bedroom window and I'd play this and I'd tap on his window you know, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And used to scare the crap of him, out of him. So that's hilarious to me. Um, Emily, Emily Graziano says, Gene's album has a tough exterior, but has its soft interior. And mm -hmm. I fully agree. Greek Freak says, he enjoys the diversity of the album, but wondered what it would have been like had it been darker. You know, and that's a, that's a, that's a, the what if questions yeah. about these solo albums, especially Gene's and Peter's. Mm -hmm. The what ifs about these albums are endless. What if this would have been some deuces and you know, God of Thunders and things like that? Uh, yeah. Matthew Smith says this is the first solo album he got and one of the first Kiss album. It wasn't what what he was expecting. Nina Kay says this is the first album she owned as a kid and it holds a special meaning. Lee Gersman says of all the solo albums, Gene's not a matter of least to most favorite, but more of disliked to least disliked. Uh, Kiss Crazy 80 remembers the solo commercial and liking Radioactive, but not being a fan of the album. John O. said it's not his favorite solo album, but he can see the influence of the Beatles. 
Chad Casey had not listened to this album in decades before the panel. Found it sounded very dated and very 70s. And I do agree with that. Gene, yeah. uh, Gene's album of the four solo albums is one of the more dated 70s sounding. Super Kiss 1200 remember seeing the cover and thinking it was cool, but being confused after hearing it. I agree with you. I was mm-hmm. that kid too. Dark Light only liked Radioactives as a kid, but now loves the album all the way through, especially the Beatles songs. And he has a great interpretation. You need to read this, Rick. He has a great interpretation of nowhere to hide, always near you, nowhere to hide. How he sees Gene in his mind singing it, going through phases. And then at the end, he actually becomes the demon when he's yelling everyone and doing that. You know, where he really starts playing with his voice and experimenting with his voice. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, he. you need to read that that comment from Darklight. And George Doley says this is his favorite of the four, and it has been since he was a kid. And I wrote down here a personal note after reading everybody's comments. People either love or hate this album for its diversity. It's the album's diversity that divides people. And a lot of people think that he was just kind of discombobulated. I think he was just being true to himself and doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, to a point you made earlier saying what ifs, I wonder if they hadn't had money at the time. Because at this point, they were pretty rich. Mm -hmm. If they hadn't had money at this time, would it have been a more angry album? Like more deuces, more, you know. Right. I also wonder if they hadn't had money at the time when Gene had been able to afford all these special guests. True. Exactly. I, I, I often wonder, one of the things I wonder in my, you know, you sit around and we ponder kiss things all the time. And one of the thoughts that popped in my head the other day was, I know they had a budget, you know, mm-hmm. but Ace recorded his album with him and like five people. Now he recorded mm-hmm. it in a freaking mansion. Yeah. But he, and, and above the Rockettes, above, above, you know, but Paul, I can't remember where Paul recorded his. Peter had a lot of special guests. Gene mm. had a lot of special guests. And he and Gene just had like it was almost like Gene was running a variety show. You know, mm. Donna Summer, Bob Seeger, you know, the the, and the, the, and the Beatlemania. Always, yeah, and there was always rumors that he would tried to get Lassie on it. Yeah. And they couldn't get the rights to get Lassie. So I right. mean, what do you why are you why are you trying to get Lassie on your record? Right. Even though he's credited Lassie's credited. He doesn't actually appear on the album, but he's credited uh, as appearing on the album. But yeah, I think if Gene had not had the money he had, he would have had to have a stripped down album. Mm-hmm. But and Gene's album's been criticized for sounding like all his songs sound uh, demo esque, uh, mm-hmm. or that they. And this is one of my big beefs with the album. If I do have one, and we'll talk about it as we get along, is. Some of these songs, it's like they have a little meat and a lot of fat. And mm. I would like to have more meat than fat. So, mm. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that as we get into the songs. And so we're going to get into the panel has spoken on Gene's. <laughs> and this is going to be very interesting. Uh, it is The results were very interesting. They not were. I can tell you right now that my predictions are off. Uh yeah. For the most part, my predictions are off, um, and me and so me and Rick, we all have our own, we have our own predictions and we have our own picks. So we're going to start this with what the panel picked. There's 11 tracks. Jeans, in true Gene fashion, Jeans has the most tracks and is running time the longest. So <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or if it just happened. That's another one of those what ifs things you like to think about, but uh, you know, could he not cut a song and it been ten and be almost come in close to the same length as everybody else's? Eleven tracks, longest running time. So coming in at number eleven, Rick, what did you predict that the panel was going to pick for number eleven? My prediction for the panel: it was easy to choose number one and number eleven. In between, I'm all over the place. I don't know what everyone's going to choose, but I'm predicting the panel is going to say When You Wish Upon a Star. Okay. Uh, 
my prediction for number 11, what the panel was going to say, is When You Wish Upon a Star. I know that this song is a hated song by many, and it's a song that if any song could have been left off the album, uh, he could have left this one off. But I'm just going to go out on a shot on a, on a limb here and say that I disagree with that statement. Uh, I think there's a couple other songs could have been cut off this album other than Wish Upon a Star. When you wish mm-hmm. upon a star. So, um, but coming in at number eleven with a hundred and twenty-eight points is when you wish upon a star. Uh, we only had two panelists pick this as their favorite, but I love, oh, wow. I love that we had two panelists pick this yeah. as their favorite. Uh, Sammy Pardo and that Toy Bonnie guy both huh. picked when you wish upon a star as their favorite. And I knew that Toy Bonnie guy was going to kind of do it because I've done videos with him before on his channel, Striper mm-hmm. Videos. He has a really good channel, too, if you want to check him out, if, especially if you love Striper. Uh, but he's a huge Disney fan, huge Disney uh, fan. So it didn't surprise me in the least that he picked uh, When You Bish Upon a Star as his number one song because I know he loves that. Now, me personally, I picked When You Wish Upon a Star as my ninth favorite track on the album there are two songs that i dislike or there's two songs that i don't like as much as uh when you wish upon a star so where'd you pick wish when you wish upon a star i picked it at seven um better than me okay uh to me and this all goes back to perspective i think if i had discovered this record in 78 it would confuse me that this song is on the album but i didn't I discovered it in 1988 and knowing Gene as, you know, the kid that came to America, couldn't speak a word of English, saw comic books, saw the Beatles, saw the American dream, made it come true. To me, this song on this record is him saying, look, mom, look me, I did it. Yeah. So, and to me, that's, that's pretty freaking special. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Sean Delaney, he wanted to do this. Sean Delaney, who produced his album, uh, who was actually Peter's best friend, and he was P- Sean Delaney was actually scheduled to uh, produce Peter's album, and Gene snagged him. Sean Delaney encouraged Gene to put this on his album, and Gene did. And Gene actually is crying during the end of it. The story mm-hmm. goes that he's crying at the end of it, and when he's hitting that high note and his... When he says something about fate comes in and sees you through, and when he goes, when you wish, he kind of cracks a little bit. It's because he's crying, and me being a mm-hmm. 50-year-old softy, it kind of chokes me up a little bit mm-hmm. just thinking about that. Uh, you know, like I said, and if there's any, the funny thing about this is if there's any song on this album that that encompasses what Gene is at his nucleus, it is actually When You Wish Upon a Star. Yep. Totally agree. Totally is. And I love that he did it up in a grandiose fashion. I love, I played in the symphony orchestra when I was in high school and everything. And I love the way it comes in. And it comes in with that the chorus. And I mean, you know, he he comes in in that low register and works his way mm-hmm. up towards the end at the high note at the very end. I think it's a great song. I, I yeah. really do. I, I could. There's no way, no way I would say Cut that song off the album. No yeah. way I would. Completely, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to move up to number 10, track number 10. Uh, what do you, pre- this is where, like I said, from 10 to 2, Yeah. it's crapshoot, man. It really, yeah. truly is. Um, I, yeah, I've, I'm going to be all over the place on this. So <laughs> Me too. I said, I, I said the panel would choose True Confessions. Okay. All right. I said for number 10, that the panel was going to choose Tunnel of Love. I don't know why, but that's just what I was feeling at the moment was they are going to choose Tunnel of Love. Um, but at number 10, with 202 points, so we jumped out of the hundreds into 200s, 202 points, the panel chose, at number 10, True Confessions. Mm. So you were right. Uh, we, we, you was right. I was so you're right on two of them. Uh, we should start keeping score. <laughs> how many we, <laughs> how many we get right? Uh, only one panelist though picked it as their favorite. Brian B. 
Brian B. Mm-hmm. picked True Confessions as his favorite. And I picked True Confessions as my seventh favorite. And the reason why I picked True Confessions as my seventh favorite is it is one of those songs that I love the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that whole, I buy your social security. You know, I, I love the way he sings in this song. I even like the background singers. The mm-hmm. I, Somebody said in there, I didn't add the comment, but somebody said that the gospel singers got to them. You know, but I mean, you know, Katie Seagal's on this album. Donna mm-hmm. Summer's on this album. Uh, there's a He's got a bunch of singers. Katie Seagal, I think, was still undiscovered at the time. But I like, I like the gospel singers. But this is one of those songs where after the guitar solo and... After the, he sings the chorus. Then he sings the chorus like the average repeat. I counted the average repeat of chorus on some of these songs at the end of it is three to four to sometimes five times, mm. and that makes the song a little long for me. And it also makes it feel like he didn't have that much to go on. Why not a third verse? Why not a bridge? Mm. You know, it almost makes it feel like it was, even though he's got all this stuff, all these ingredients, all these people performing in this song, it's like he's just got them running around in a a racetrack. They're just doing the same thing over and over and over, especially at the end. But the first three quarters of a lot of these songs I really enjoy. The last quarter where it's just repeat the chorus until the fade out, it, it lowers the score for me. And True Confessions for me is one of those songs that it does that for. So where did you mm. score? I, I put it at number 10 and pretty much for the exact same reasons as you love the verses. It's the chorus just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. And I think at the end of it, if you listen to it, whenever they start repeating out after at the very end of it, they keep adding on layers of singers and they just keep mm. getting more and more outrageous and higher in their registers. And it's just like, ugh. Just, just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> okay, so we're up to number nine. So, uh, what did you predict the panel was going to choose for number nine? Again, this is just hard. <laughs> I said, "See you tonight." Okay. I picked the reason why I picked this because it's a it's a very soft song, and it is one of those songs that I think. Initially, most people, unless they really know Gene Simmons, they're like, why the hell's this song on his album? I, p- I predicted that the panel was going to choose, at number nine, I predicted they were going to choose Mr. Make-Believe. Mm. Just because it's so soft, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, the panel, with 207 points, only five points above True Confessions, with 207 points... The panel has chosen at number nine, Tunnel of Love. Mm. So I was close. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> it's close to the bottom. Uh, nobody picked it as their favorite. No, uh, that spoke volumes to me. Nobody picked it as their favorite. But there was some people who picked it as second and third. you know. But nobody picked it as their favorite. Uh, I picked Tunnel of Love uh, 11th on me. Um, Tunnel of Love is one of those songs that I like the very beginning of it, and I like uh, I like the chorus okay, but it's just got it's just one of those that just kind of keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's also one of those songs that almost sounds very like I mentioned earlier. It sounds very incomplete and also very demoish. Sounds mm-hmm. like it's a one that he did not spend a whole lot of time on. Yeah, like written in a hurry and just recorded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, it really if if I would if I could lose a song on this album, it would be that one. I could mm-hmm. I could do without it. I, and I don't hate it, but it's it to me it's the weakest out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt too with my eight, nine, ten, and eleven picks. Mm-hmm. I pretty much feel the same way about every one of those tracks. They seem written in a hurry, and yeah, just kind of throwaways. I picked Tunnel of Love at number eight. Okay, so we're up to number eight. So what did you predict the panel would score at number eight? 
eight I predicted for the panel tunnel of love. So we're we're picking a lot of the same songs down towards the bottom, and we're 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 close. We've not we've been real too far off. Um, once again, for the same reason I said Mr. Make Believe, um, I predicted that the the panel would choose for number eight. I predicted they would choose Always Near You Know Where to Hide. Just because, like I said, it's another one of those extremely soft songs that you wouldn't expect Gene to record. One that knows that maybe people listen to in their bedrooms in 77, 78, and even to this day, if you slapped it on for somebody and they, and they don't really know Gene per, like inter, interiorly, mm-hmm. be like, what? Yeah, they they you'd get that look. This is that look you'd get. You get like what? And so that's why I picked it. But the panel chose for number eight at two hundred and seventy five points. It jumped up, you know, away from number nine from Tunnel of Love. The panel at number eight has chosen See You in Your Dreams. Two hundred and seventy five points. Only one panelist, John B. Good, picked this as their favorite song and this really surprised me that this was down this low but i think a lot of people they don't like the remake they just care for the original and one of the panelists said they didn't like either they didn't like either song they didn't like the rock and roll over version or this version and it was rumored that gene was going to remake a couple of his kiss songs on his album i can't remember what the other one was but um, I've heard that he was going to do two, and he ended up all, only doing uh, See You in Your Dreams. And uh, Senior Dreams, for me, personally, I picked Senior Dreams at number five. I love this version of Senior Dreams. I actually think I like this version of Senior Dreams better than the Rock and Roll Over version. I'm in that camp, and I know yeah. that I'm a minority in that camp, but no, I'm not for long. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a minority in that camp. Uh, so, uh, where did you pick uh, "See You in Your Dreams"? I picked "See You in Your Dreams" at number six, mm-hmm. and the only reason it's number six is simply because one through five for me are like heart personal songs. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. This is way better than the rock and roll over version, mm-hmm. and have oh, I've, I've always loved this version. Mm-hmm. I love that he saved it for near the end of the album. Mm. It's like, because the album kind of does get really soft and gooey in the middle. And then he comes in the way that does that. And he's like, and comes in yep. and yelling. And he just sings it with the attitude that I love. The party's over. You're in the corner. He sings mm. it with that attitude. And he has that. He has the little extended verse. I love you. You know, I do. Uh, and then I like how the song just kind of, breaks down at the end it's see you and you know it just kind of breaks down Uh at the end i love this i love the background singers and that fade in into when you wish upon a star is pretty neat right right because they're the the background singers are singing and answering to each other then it does that i love how that works uh it's it's like the contrast to two different you got a hard rocking song, and then we're gonna throw some symphony at you, and mm-hmm. I I love it. And like I said, it's it's a perfect placement on the album. Uh, the tracking to that to me is perfect. When you wish upon a star as the album closer is perfect to me. So um, it's very well thought out. I mean, I love uh, seeing your dreams. I, mm-hmm. It's great. Okay, so we're now not, we're now up to number seven. And this this middle stuff here, I, I started getting an idea, at least I thought I was getting an idea of how the panel was going to pick. Um, but it's still a difficult, it could be any track. Um, mm-hmm. But so uh, for number seven, what did you think the panel was going to pick? For the panel, I said Mr. Make-Believe. And, um, and for seven... I thought they were going to choose Man of a Thousand Faces just because it's it doesn't it doesn't sound like something Gene would do. I love mm-hmm. the orchestra in this, and this is one of those songs that I thought for the longest time that Beatlemania actually did background singing for this because it does have that in the chorus. Uh, 
It has that very Beatlesque man of thousand, but that's all Gene. Mm-hmm. That's all Gene. Mm-hmm. It's not the Beatlet. It's not Beatlemania. That's all Gene doing that in this one. So I love Man of a Thousand Faces. So, but I thought that um, that the panel was going to pick it down low just because this is like, oh, who is this again? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so, but the panel chose at number seven, and this was a surprise to me. The panel chose at number seven with 285 points. The panel chose Living in Sin. Mm. Really surprised me Living in Sin was down this low. Uh, There was only one panelist that picked it as their favorite song, Orville Dunworth. And like I said, it surprised me Living in Sin was down this low. Because I've heard Mm -hmm. a lot of people say they love this song. Uh, But um, only one person picked it as their favorite. And I picked it as my sixth favorite. I like Living in Sin. I think it's a little it's a little cheesy and this is definitely Gene very full of himself and he's got Cher mm-hmm. calling in being the frenzied fan and it always makes me laugh when he pulls the whole big bopper thing where the phone's ringing and he sounds like he's tripping over beer cans, the beer that mm-hmm. he don't drink and he pulls the whole hello baby. You know, I just, I laugh at that every time I hear it. Um I always I always pictured him kicking over the kiss trash can. <laughs> There you go. It's the kid's trash can he's kicking over. There you go. Um, But yeah, it really surprised me uh, that they picked it this low. I picked it at six. Where'd you pick it at for you personally? I I picked it at 11. Oh, right. Yeah, it's it's the cheese in it. Just (laughs) to me, and again, it's ball perspective. Right. To me, this album is so personal and so in my heart that a cheesy song doesn't belong on it. Right. So that's why it's down low for me. Yeah. This is very much Gene embellishing himself. And he even, he even, he almost becomes like a mimic of himself, the way he does the real harsh, I'm living sin, you know, he heart, he harshly does it. And then he's got the background singers that's doing the hoo-ah, <laughs> It's cheesy, but it's fun. It's fun for me. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, <laughs> so that takes us up. So that takes us up to number six, just one spot out of the top five. So number six for you, Rick. Who did you predict? What did you predict? Always near you, nowhere to hide. Okay, always near you. I predicted they were going to do "See You in Your Dreams" here. Uh, this mm. is where I thought they would pick. I thought they'd pick "See You in Your Dreams" a little higher. I thought that they kind of liked it about the way I did. Uh, but um, but maybe not as much as me. I knew there were naysayers, but I thought that there was enough people out there that liked it. What? But what they actually picked at, number six, is with 296 points, always near you, nowhere to hide. Mm. So you were right. Two panelists, Nina Kay, Dark Light, picked this as their favorite song. And me... I love Always Near You, Nowhere to Hide. Love it, love it, love it. Didn't get it so much when I was a kid. But this is a great song. And I score uh, this as my fourth favorite song on the album. What about you? I picked it at number three. This is um, that classic gene for me. Going Blind, Only You, Journey of a Thousand Years. This is that. When Gene does that, when he taps into his Beatle, Mm-hmm. And and sings in that that kind of pretty tone. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's true. He he uh, he he really sings great on it. All right, so that brings us up to the top five. What's your prediction for top? It, it should get a little easier to predict here, but I I, I know that I've already missed some. <laughs> uh, I chose burning up with fever. Okay, for the panel. You chose burn up with fever for the panel. Okay. All right. And I said that I predicted that they were going to do true confessions, which I was wrong. They way, way down. I thought, I don't know why for some reason I thought true confessions was a more liked song, but I was wrong. So for number five, breaking into the 300 barrier at 319 points, the panel chose for number five, burning up with fever. So, man, you're on top of it, man. You are on top of it. Uh, five panelists, Paul Teplius, 
Trevor Bullock, Joe Pegg, Mick C, and Lee Gersman picked Burning Up With Fever as their favorite song. Me, I picked um, Burning Up With Fever as my 10th favorite song. Uh, this, along with Tunnel of Love, are the two songs to me that I really could do without on this album. And it's just because, to me, there's not enough meat to them. There's a lot of fat. There's a lot of burning up with fever repeated like almost five times. And they just keep... By the end of it, there's this one chick that she just sounds like she's just yeeping. Like she's just like, yeep, 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 yeep. And I'm just... It's just... It's so repetitive. But it just gets too long and too... It's too fatty for me. And just not enough meat there. So it pushes it way, way down for me. What about you? Yeah. You and I are pretty much kind of the same on our bottom of our list i chose this as number nine um i do love who is it alan schwartzberg was the drummer yeah for this record yeah. he also did some stuff for alice mm -hmm. and i love his drumming i love his drum sound i love his style but yeah this is just down for me because i can do without it mm -hmm. uh so let's see that brings us up to number four um number four I predicted that the panel was uh, going to choose um, Burning Up With Fever. Um, so I was just a little off. They chose it at five. I predicted at four. I predicted they, I predicted they were going to do it a little higher. So what did you predict for number four? For the panel, I said Man of a Thousand Faces. Man of a Thousand Faces, okay. All right. <clears throat> for number four... Uh, at 364 points, the panel chose Mr. Make-Believe, mm. which really surprised me and made me happy all at the same time that it was in the top five. And three panelists, Shuki, Frank Scafidi, and one other person picked it as their number one. I picked uh, this as my number two. I love mm. Mr. Make-Believe. Yep. I think it's a great... I love that opening line. This time I'll try to get it right. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, just give me one more chance to fly. I, mm -hmm. That right there, I'm trying hard to please you. Would you believe me if I tell you? Baby, won't you try just one more chance tonight? I, God, I mean, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I've been there many times in, mm -hmm. in, in, in the, that sense of that lyric. So, yeah, it speaks to me, and I love it. Yeah, I chose this as my number one. Uh, this song moved me beyond a song moving a, a person. I Every creative dream I've ever had in my life has kind of stemmed from this song. I don't, that sounds silly, but like forming a band when I was a teenager. Um, I read that Gene mentioned that everyone wants to be someone else. And so that's kind of what he was basing the song on like Mr. Make-Believe mm -hmm. and Mr. Make-Believe is kind of Gene. Like mm -hmm. we all want to be Gene. Mm -hmm. And I just think that connection and this song just changed me as a, as a teenager. And to this day, I could, I could probably get weepy <laughs> if, I, if I listen to this song yeah. in the right mood. It, oh yeah. It's me. The, the lyrics in this song, you know, is just, you know, and, and Beatlemania on it just sets it off. When they come in that, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's chills. It's a great, great song. Mm. It's an amazing song. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that the panel chose it as high as they did. I'm surprised, but very happy. So we are up to the top three. And so what did you predict the panel was going to choose for number three? I said, panel, see you in your dreams. And I chose, and like I said, I, I was just going on what I had heard, felt, or whatever. I think, I thought that the panel was going to choose living in sin at three mm. as their third. Just because of, you know, it's... Living in Sin at the Holiday Inn. Everybody knows yeah. this song. So I figured since it's one everybody knows, it'd be one that they'd pick very high. That was my mm -hmm. reasoning behind it. And number three, though, at 377 points, 
the panel chose Man of a Thousand Faces, mm. which again, I'm happy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ecstatic to see that, actually. Uh, seven panelists, A.J. Zetro, Gregory Pegg, John Howard, Greek Freak, Perpetual Art, and Tom S. picked this as their number one favorite song on the album. And mm-hmm. me, myself, I picked this as my favorite song on the album. I love Man of a Thousand Faces. Mm. This album should have been named Man of a Thousand Faces. Uh, I love yeah. I love the, the, the symphony it has in it. Um, and I love it. I think it's just one. There's so many songs on here that capsu- encapsulate Gene in so many ways. When You Wish Upon a Star, Mr. Make Believe, Man of a Thousand Faces. I think... His his soft gooey inner side and his dreams and his dreamer side, yep. these songs encapsulate, and I think Man of a Thousand Faces just kind of wraps it all together because it's this face, this face, this face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is this gene, he is this gene, he's this gene, he's a thousand genes. He can be any of those thousands, so he's the Man of a Thousand Faces. Mm-hmm. I think this has been an awesome title of this album, if it oh, could have yeah. been titled. You know, whatever, if they could have titled their albums whatever they wanted, Man of a Thousand Faces would have been an awesome title for this album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's my number one favorite song on this album. So, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm very happy to see it at number three for the panel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I chose it at number four, and that's not diminishing the song at all. My basic, my one through five are all pretty much number ones, mm-hmm. but I had to choose down. Um, and like you said, it's perfect gene it, no doubt aj zetro aaron chose this as number one he's such a horror film guy uh-huh. this is that horror film hammer film dracula demon gene and it's so much fun uh-huh. i love that line where he says for years i lived inside my dreams mm-hmm. yep. love that Love that. He's he's got like I said, there's some songs on here you can tell that he just rushed, but there's some songs on here that you can tell he really spent some time with. And and that line goes back to like what I was talking about was Mr. Make Believe. And the reason I think this album is such a good album for dreamers is you know, this is proof that if you dream big and work hard, you could you could be a gene. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect for the young youngsters wanting to be rock stars. Right. And you I mean you have to do both. You have to you mm-hmm. have to have a you have to dream big. You have to work hard. You can't do one and not the other. Mm-hmm. You can't have work without dreams. You can't have dreams without works. And you have to be out there and and be and put yourself in a place to be in the right place at the right time and get a little mm-hmm. magic sprinkled in and <laughs> who knows what and there, and there you bring in when you wish upon a star yep little tinkerbell <laughs> come in do the do the thing all right so that brings us up to number two top two uh is a uh, very close but there's some separation between one and two and three three was um three had 377 points and two and one jumped into the 400s so there was separation from one and two and so we've, if you've been playing along, you know we're down to two songs. So what did you predict the panel would choose for number two? I was like you. I, I picked Living in Sin just because I thought the general public would love that song more mm-hmm. than they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I picked at number two, I predicted that the panel was going to choose See You Tonight. And the reason why I picked that was because not of its, not of its found success on this album. Most Kiss fans, if they're casual Kiss fans, they probably only believe this song exists on Unplugged. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It mm-hmm. was on. It, I remember whenever I saw Unplugged, it'd probably been a hot minute since I'd listened to Gene's album, mm-hmm. and I remember listening to that song, going, "That song sounds familiar." Where do mm-hmm. I know that song from? And then getting my albums out and going, holy shit, it's on Gene's solo album. Yep. And listening to it on there and going, okay, well, this is just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, See You Tonight is great. Um, so, but where did the panel choose it? Uh, at number two, with 482 points, 
It's 100, 110 points above number two. Uh, the panel chose, this is a shocker, radioactive. <laughs> yeah, you froze up. Yeah, that was so shocking you froze up. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that's crazy. I did not expect that. Me neither. Uh, it really surprised me. But uh, And let me say, it was close. But um, radioactive is the panel's second choice. But 15 panelists picked it as their favorite song, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Tucker, Tom Dust, Kimshi Chris, Rock Rock Wayne, Vincent Moreau author, Jack Skellington, Tony Rod, Les Wadley, Young and Wasted, Super Kiss 1200, Chad Casey, John O, Two Gay Dads, Kiss Crazy, Kiss Crazy 80, John Reed, uh, and John Reed. And uh, I picked radioactive and this is going to be where i hope i don't get rocks thrown at me but i actually picked radioactive kind of down low radioactive for me is a number eight Mm. um and the reason why is i love the beginning i've heard people say oh they wish you know i've had they've actually done it in software programs where they've cut the beginning off of it and just started with the guitar riff I love the, I love the beginning. The beginning sets the whole mood. I won't say, it don't set the mood for the album, but it sets the mood for that song. Uh, and I've heard the songs about Donna Summer is what I've heard. That's, I think that who's who he was dating at the time. It's one of those songs for me that once it gets past the guitar solo, and it's an amazing guitar solo. I think it might be Skunk Baxter that plays from the Doobie mm. Brothers that plays the solo, and Bob Seger sings on it. But once it gets past the guitar solo and it goes into back into the chorus, they repeat the chorus four times. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes very repetitive. And it's like, okay, why didn't you add another verse? Why didn't you add a bridge? Why didn't you do something to make it a little more meaty? And it's just it starts off strong, but it peters out really quick for me. So that's why I score it, I mean... I score it right above When You Wish Upon a Star. And I love When You when You Wish Upon a Star. So, I mean, it ain't that I don't hate it. It's just it could have been better. Mm-hmm. To me, it could have been better. So, what about you? Where did you score Radioactive? I scored it at number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've just always, like you said, it has to have that intro. Mm-hmm. And I think the intro and, and that opening riff just hooked me as a, as a teenager. When I saw Gene solo tour a couple years ago, he opened with this, and it was so amazing to be in a theater and hear that laugh mm-hmm. come over a dark theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I've always enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed it far more than Living in Sin. So it's it's my number two. All right, so if you've been playing along, you know what number one is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction. Uh, I predicted that number one was going to be radioactive. I, I thought that's what everybody would choose. Yeah, I'm the same, totally. Uh, me and Rick was talking about this. We both had predicted that the, the top and the bottom was going to be real easy to pick, that radioactive would be the top, and when you wish upon a star would be the bottom, and everything else in the middle was a crapshoot. Coming in with three more points, the radioactive, almost a tie, is see you tonight. 485 points. So, 18 panelists, more panelists, picked this as their number one song. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Camona, Matt Yucci, Aladio, Dave Cranston, Bill Sharp, Emily Graziano, Matthew Smith, Jay Lee, Sublime 130, Anthony C., Soda Pop, Michael D., George Doley, Man With No Name, Indy Colt 777, Jason Gagnon, Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, and Bizbag 68 all picked this as uh, their number one song. And I picked it as my third favorite song. I love See You Tonight. Like I said, I I got reintroduced to See You Tonight from Unplugged. But I love the version on the solo album as well. Mm-hmm. So where would you score this for you personally? And I scored it at five. And again, my one through five are all pretty much number ones. Um, I swallowed my tongue when that was on unplugged that was one of those i could get weepy moments because you know that's so all these songs mean a ton to me and to hear a gene solo song in 
that 95, 96 era Mm -hmm. was so cool. And yeah, a great song. And again, that he tapped into his Beatle again. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I love that the fact that the Unplugged, two of my favorite songs on the Unplugged album, which is a great, it's a great set list, but I love that they, for Gene, that they chose See You Tonight and, and Going Blind. Um, mm. And I love that they chose Coming Home for Paul. I mean, I wish they yep. chose, I wish they chose set lists like that now. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but I'm not going to yes. get into that, but I wish they chose no. set lists like that now for the end of the road tour. Mm-hmm. Give us... Give us the set list from Unplugged. (laughs) I wish they would tour Unplugged, but yeah, I mean, oh yeah, them touring Unplugged rather than doing it just on the uh, cruises, but touring Unplugged like that—that'd be cool too. Just stripped down show. mm -hmm. Because see, go ahead. No, it just intimate and and Unplugged Kiss songs show you how complex Kiss songs are. Mm You know, it shows you the the beauty of them, and it's just like you said, those two songs, "Going Blind" and "See You Tonight" on Unplugged, were amazing. Mm-hmm. Wrapping up Gene's album, man, this is one of those albums. Uh, when I first started deciding to do the panel and everything, uh, I know that me and you decided we were going to do something a little different with the live albums eventually, uh, and we were going to, um, and I, I was. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with the solo albums. I didn't know if I was going to skip them and maybe try to do them all together as one. So I didn't want to not do each band member justice. So um, I chose to go ahead and do them this way. And I'm so glad I did because me and you having discussions like we're having, people are going to have discussions in the comments. And I welcome each and every one of you to comment down in the comment section talk about these songs, talk about what you think about the panel list, how it came out, put any memories you have down in there that you necessarily didn't get to put in on the uh, the post on the social media. Put those down in the comments if you like, interact. Me and Rick read the comments and we interact on these videos. Go check his page out, his YouTube channel, It's All For You Demon. Be sure to check him out. He does a great job, releases videos very frequently, and they're always really awesome. And, uh, but yeah, just check it out. Keep watching, keep doing the panel. The next album that we're going to be doing is Peter Chris. Mm. So Peter Chris is next. So by the time you see this video online, there will already be a post for you to go put your list in for Peter Chris and Peter's, um, Rick. Peter's album is just going is going to be just yeah. as interesting as Gene's. Going to be going to be another hard one. It's but it's fun. It's just as interesting as Gene's. So if you've not listened to Peter's album in a while, go back and listen to it. Don't base your list. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't base your list off how you felt 10, 20 years ago or how you felt when you were eight. Go back and listen to it a couple times, and and then mm-hmm. make your list. Put your and then put your list in, and. Let's see how Peter's album uh, comes out. So that's all I've got for this one. This was a fun album to do. Uh, Very fun. Very fun. Rick, I appreciate you uh, being my partner in crime. Uh, (laughs) Cue the song. (laughs) I really appreciate you being my partner in crime on these videos and taking the time to do this. I appreciate each and every one of you who watch my channel, who watch Rick's channel, who follows us on social media. We appreciate each and every one of you. Rick, you got anything you want to add before we go? No, this was fun, and next week will be even more fun. Yes, yes. So we will see you guys next week, and be looking for that Peter Post, Peter Post, to be, <laughs> to be able to uh, put your list in. And we'll catch you next time, guys. Thanks for watching. Peter Post. <laughs>